In a time of global pandemic, reading about the crowds in Matthew's gospel affects me in ways that they haven't before. On Palm Sunday, we are the crowd in our readings. We are the ones who shout at one moment, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. We acclaim him. We praise him. And then the next moment, let him be crucified. His blood be on us and on our children. What a strange spectrum of human behavior. It reminds me of some personal experiences in recent weeks. It also just generally reminds me of how nightmarish crowds are, the concepts of crowds are for us right now, how, how this virus spreads through crowds. Also, the, the fears of crowds becoming mob-like, of hoarding or rioting or worse. Some stories of crowds in recent experience for me in light of COVID-19. One example. The other day, uh, some of our neighbors dropped off a uh, a little pamphlet at our home inviting us to go outside at 8 p.m. And at 8 p.m., a bunch of people flooded outside, socially distanced, of course, had their cell phones, flashlights out, and uh, sung some well-known songs, Lean on Me, um, What a Wonderful World, over a loudspeaker as a way to thank our first responders, thank medical professionals, just a glimpse of hope in a, in a dark time. On the other hand, an experience of a crowd waiting in Target, uh, waiting in line at Target a few weeks back. I was uh, searching for several days for some toiletries, mostly for milk for Michael, for our son, for, um, for diapers and just necessities that we couldn't find anywhere else. I'd been shopping for, looking for days, and so I decided to wake up at 6 a.m. to wait in line for an hour. Target was the place that opened earliest. And as the doors opened, there was just kind of this rush of the crowd going in, and um, suddenly I, I was swept up in it. Uh, just very visceral experience, almost this primitive, instinctive behavior. I wasn't planning on grabbing toilet paper, but... Um, my rational kind of reflective actions washed away and I followed the crowd and grabbed the Clorox wipes and grabbed the toilet paper and threw it in the cart. It was single-minded focus, self-preservation, and I found myself moments later almost panting, um, getting some other items and just curious about what happened, being swept up in this. And in something that at first glance maybe wasn't too destructive but could frankly become evil very quickly. If, um, if violence was involved or something else and was truly disturbed. I was truly disturbed at what I was capable of in that moment. The crowds throughout Matthew's gospel display a similarly strange spectrum of human behavior. In Matthew 21 and 27, the two gospels that we just read, we see the peak and we see the valley. These extremes are on display. We hear Hosanna's, And we hear, let him be crucified. On one side of this spectrum of behavior that the crowds display, you have the the scribes and the Pharisees. These Jewish leaders who from the start um, condemn Jesus, antagonize Jesus, want him gone. On the other side, we have the disciples, active followers of Jesus, those who pursue him with their whole lives. But in between, we have the crowd. 
there's this kind of group identity for the crowd in the Gospel of Matthew. In the Gospel of Mark, for example, there's all these different Greek words that are used of people in the crowd or people who follow Jesus, Jesus that aren't his disciples. In Matthew, there's really only one Greek term, aklos, used for the crowd. One scholar says that there's a, almost this distinctive and unified personality analogous to that of a Greek chorus. This crowd has a story throughout the gospel. They start as curious about Jesus. They follow him like the disciples, but they are a bit more passive. They are curious, but they don't pursue Christ with their whole lives. Perhaps this is the reason that Jesus begins to have compassion on them. When he saw these crowds, he had compassion because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He sees them as people in need of healing. And so this is Jesus' most common ministry to the crowds throughout the gospel. His most common ministry to us as the crowds. Healing. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet and he healed them. And large crowds followed him and he healed them there. These crowds are continually drawn to Christ. And as I said before, this peak is in Matthew 21. This seems to be their trajectory throughout the gospel, moving more and more towards Christ. They're stuck in between these two poles, these two extremes, following Christ or rejecting him. And they seem to be drawn towards the former. Hosanna to the Son of David, they say. And we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And then for a while, we don't see much of the crowds. We hear of them about one more time, two more times before Matthew 27. Which is this great about face for them. They were drifting towards Christ. And now they're back on the other side. Now the crowds join Judas in betraying Jesus. We are the crowd. Let us not talk about Judas in contempt when we ourselves join him in in this betrayal. At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I, I were a bandit? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching. I was healing you. I was with you. You didn't arrest me, but now, now you do this. The story of the crowds continue. They ask Barabbas to be released instead of Jesus. They shout, crucify him. The crowd's story has taken the true turn for the worst. And now the final instance of the crowds being uh, mentioned in Matthew's gospel in 27:24 So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing but rather that a riot was beginning that they were caught up in this this mob-like behavior he took water and washed his hands before the crowd saying I am innocent of this man's blood see to it yourselves The crowd up to this point has been their own distinct identity they haven't been fully united with the Pharisees but now their name the crowd vanishes and they become all the people. 
they are brought together with the Pharisees and the Sadducees into this tr- uh, and, and the scribes into this truly mob-like, instinctive, animalistic behavior. His blood, let His blood be on us and our children, they say. The mob mentality is fully set in. They are swept up, no longer in control of themselves. There isn't a great explanation for why the crowd eventually turns on Jesus, why they eventually become one with the Pharisees and scribes, why they turn to uh, this pole. Maybe because they were offended at Jesus' prophecy of the destruction of their temple. We're not quite sure. But if our experience of the crowds in our lives has taught us anything, I don't think we should be surprised. We know that at one moment we can become the mob. Maybe as simple as hoarding toilet paper on one end, but it can certainly become much worse. We know that we are capable of the words of this crowd. His blood be on us and our children. We are capable of betraying Christ. We are capable of becoming the mob responsible for his death. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly this was the Son of God. Truly, this was the Son of God who made the dead walk out of their tombs. Earlier today, we heard the following said, that Palm Sunday, that the beginning of this Holy Week is when we herald the beginning of the celebration of the Paschal Mystery. It is this Paschal Mystery that makes it so that we, the crowd, the mob, can join the saints who come out of the tombs. This isn't mystery in the sense that we can't make any sense of it or have no knowledge or understanding of God's love for us. It's not that kind of mystery. But it is a mystery in the sense that it exceeds human understanding. The Paschal mystery, Jesus' passion and death and resurrection, His utter love for us can turn the betraying mob, can turn us into His people, who forever gather to proclaim His praise. This is the mystery. Holy Week is the story of the mob, of the crowd transformed. We, the church, are the mob transformed. We are now an army of saints granted new life in Christ, and it is an utter mystery. We are a crowd who joins together with the communion of all the saints, all who have ever followed Jesus, all those who gather in heaven, and we sing His praise forever. We, the church, are the crowd transformed. Transformed to love God, to love our neighbor. These two things are inseparable. 
when the saints who had fallen asleep in Matthew 27 are raised, saints who certainly join us in everlasting praise of our Father in heaven now, they didn't simply go about their own lives. They went into the holy city and appeared to many. They loved their neighbors, which certainly included some of the very crowd that crucified Jesus. They gave sacrificially. For us right now, counterintuitively, us loving sacrificially involves being distant from one another. This is to make sure that we love the most vulnerable, to support medical professionals, and to give all of us a fighting chance. But when this, this time comes, when this social distancing ends, we, like the saints who have risen again, stand ready to help those in need. We, the church, are the crowd transformed. Neither our human nature nor our mob mentality, not even death itself, can stop the saints from coming out of their tombs to gather together to praise our Lord Jesus for His many gifts. Death can't stop us. A pandemic cannot stop us. We can do this even as we are spread out in our homes. If God could join us weekly to the whole communion of saints in our praise of Him in the Eucharist, joining us across time and space, joining us to those who are dead, who are alive with Him in heaven, praising Him. He can join us together in praise from our homes. We have these technological advancements, but if we didn't, that doesn't matter. No pandemic could stop us. This Holy Week, you, we are the crowd transformed, the mob transformed. Transformed from a violent mob to a chorus of praising saints. Transformed by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Transformed by His love. May we enter with joy into this week of praise and contemplation upon these mighty acts of God, this Paschal mystery. Acts whereby we have been given life and immortality. That we have ourselves been transformed through the love of Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in Your tender love for us, You sent Your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon Himself our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of His great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of His suffering and come to share in His resurrection. That we may no longer be the mob, but that You would make us the crowd transformed. A crowd transformed to eternally praise You and to share Your love with the whole world. We pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit. One God, forever and ever. Amen.